Hello, party people. This is the Just Ideas podcast. My name's Andy. I'm with Andy, and these are Just Ideas. In today's episode, we talk about boomers versus millennials, what's lost on the new generation, and we say, okay, boomer. Mr. McIntyre is out shopping one day, and he has to dart into the CVS for some blue pills, as it were. And he goes up to the cash register with his blue pills, and he sees the girl smacking her gum, and she's on her iPhone 10, and he says, put down the phone, would you? I need some real help here. I need you to check me out. And she looks up at him, chews her gum one more time, and goes, okay, boomer. Is there any hope for us? No, there's no hope with this anti-boomer sentiment your generation has started here. It's, um, it, it, it's an absolute outrage. Now, I'm not trying to be an old guy who's sticking up for the boomers. Generally, my position on these podcasts is I don't like anybody. Right. Fair enough. I don't like boomers, and I don't like the, the modern generation either because I don't like anybody. But I got to ask you some questions now. All right. Here they come. And, of course, when I ask the questions, I'll presuppose the answer and just need you to nod verbally so everyone can hear you. Yeah, that's how you do it. <laughs> so, is, among other things, the irritation of the boomers is that we're ruining the planet and leaving you a crappy planet. Well, that you already have. We've already crapped up the planet, right? <laughs> and that we're against social justice. Right. Right. And that, what, what are the other beefs? So, just to make sure I can address everything. Well, really, I think OK Boomer is like a verbal eye roll for this yeah, generation. Yeah, yeah. And it's really just because, you know... There seems to be very little compassion, sympathy, or certainly not empathy for maybe the social strifes of today's America. And I think all of it wraps into that, whether we, you know, some people will take that one step and say you're racist, or some people just say that you're not interested in marginalized communities, and it just goes so far, really, and it doesn't seem to work out for y'all. And, and the boomers aren't, so we've created these problems, and then we're being a burden to solving these problems. Exactly right. Okay, so here's the thing. So the environmental movement was invented by boomers, right? When boomers were young people, the really old people had completely killed Lake Erie and Lake Ontario, Not two of the Great Lakes. Not one thing's alive in them. The rivers are polluted. Everybody in America's got a tumor, right? Things are running amok. These hippie people, right, those are, those are the boomers. They decided the environmental movement is a thing. They invented social justice, right? The 60s were about... Um, fighting racism, sticking women's lib, they called it back then, right? Feminism, all these things were invented by boomers. Now, we're ruining your planet, right? right? Let's ask, what does the average 20-year-old do today to help their planet? Because if you guys are going to save the planet, it's going to take some sacrifice and some suffering, and I don't want to hurt your feelings. It's not what your generation is known for. Well, we're known for recycling, you don't recycle. The students come into my classroom. They don't even, first of all, they can't make it through a lecture without a plastic bottle, right? Boomers never had plastic bottles in school. Second of all, they leave the damn plastic bottle on the table. They don't even move their feet and drop it in the recycling thing on the way out of class. Well, it's your own fault for not drinking water. We're hydrated, man. We're in the bathroom. Yeah, what all the is time. this water thing about? When I what would, do you mean? It's well, water. When, you need it. No, you don't need water. When I was, let, let's say when I was in college, what do you got going this week, Andy? Well, Monday we got an intramural basketball game. Tuesday I got an accounting test. Uh, Wednesday I got a club meeting. Thursday I think I'll get a drink of water. Like <laughs> we had maybe two drinks of water a month. Like nobody drank water. There were water fountains. You had a sip every week or two. Not carrying around hydrate. And you know what? 
these people are no smarter, no better looking. I don't see what the advantage of water is, to be honest with you. We'll stay younger longer, maybe. How about no. that? You guys got old quick. All right. So anyway, what about this idea that we invented the environmental movement, social? You know what the, ta the tax rate was on rich people when I was in college? 70%. 70%. 70% was the marginal tax rate. Got all these young Republicans running around campus trying to put the tax rate at zero. Social, I mean, if you want equality of, of, of um, living, I'm not advocating anything. I'm just pointing out when the boomers were young, big taxes assuring equal opportunity for everybody and, you know, as much, much. Didn't have the super wealthy class back then. So the boomers grow up, and now it seems like it's, you know, back to ground zero, and they don't care so much. Well, there's, that brings up two questions. When your generation – well, the first question, I guess, is will your generation grow up? And the second <laughs> question is, if you grow up, won't you end up being just like every generation that came before you? Well, yeah, but, I mean, isn't that a pretty sorry look on life where it's like you're compassionate when you're young, and then every, you know, 10 years that go by, you start to get less and less sympathetic and empathetic? I'd hope that's not the – that just the end all be all of like humankind, you know, and how we all operate. So we, the only difference then, if you're if you're conceding that you will grow up to be as annoying as as my generation, the only difference is we didn't stand at the cash register like a smartass saying "Okay, boomer," right? <laughs> when an old dude we walked up, we said, "Can we help you, sir?" That's the only difference, as I see it. Well, I mean, I suppose as you see it, fair enough. But I mean, come on, you got to concede a little bit that you know people are speaking up a little bit more and saying. That person that's at the cash register by saying something that's, you know, otherwise silly by saying, OK, boomer, it's letting people know, like, hey, we don't really agree with you any longer. Instead of putting on some facade of may I help you, sir? And, you know, it's not even genuine at all. Don't we want genuine honesty, alibet blunt? Well, if I mean, not, yeah, that's a big question. And that is a very that's what's killing me. OK, tell me about what it. what's killing me is this idea that when I was working as a fast food person, as, as a young person, and I was polite, and I had a little jump in my step, your generation would think that this is somehow disingenuous. Maybe I felt like, Jesus Christ, someone's paying me two bucks an hour. Maybe I should be good at service and hop too. You know, I mean, that, like I genuinely thought, if you're paying me, I should do what you wanted and try to make the customer damn happy. I mean, I, I, it, I was genuinely committed to doing a good job to get my two bucks. Hmm. Maybe. I'm not even going to ask you about what you think about minimum wage and that. Well, let, let's, let me tell you these two things that have been bugging the hell out of me. This one happened since I last saw you. Okay. Um, I'm sitting at a, at a restaurant on Thursday night with, with, with my friend, and we were having some heated uh, catching up and chats and weren't paying attention to the, to the young woman. Who, who was serving us, and finally, after about an hour and a half, I'm like, oh, she brings us. I'm like, terribly sorry. We haven't been paying attention to you. Let's see. What do we have uh, for you here? I said, I got an idea. How about this? I said, you're, you're a server, and did you know research shows false compliments given for transparent reasons actually work? Give me an example. Well, if you tell someone, you know, you, I like you or you're good looking or it looks like you lost weight when, in fact, they gained weight, but you're trying to say it because you want something from them, in the case of a server, a tip, research shows if you give false compliments to people, your tips are going to go up. And she gave me the look that said, okay, boomer. <laughs> but what she said was, don't worry, I got it. 
I don't need any advice from you. She said, I don't need any advice from you. I got it. Okay. And my experience in my people skills class is 150 people looking at me saying, I got it. Like, I already know what I'm doing, man. Don't need any idea from you. There's another, I was waiting to see if you wanted to interject. I'm sure people listen like, when does that one Andy let that other Andy talk? <laughs> I'll pause from time to time or just talk over me. I'll, I'll interrupt you. So, sure. I know there's two parts to what you're saying here. I'm, I'm in an Uber. There we go. I say to the Uber driver, I got research. Not an opinion, not an idea. Somebody did research and figured out what you have to do to get higher tips. What's that? So tw- that's what I'm saying. Like You're the Uber, 22-year-old Uber driver. Guess what they said? Yeah, I'm not interested. Pretty much I drive people from point A to point B. They didn't even want to know. I got it. I don't need any advice. So you're the young person, right? So... And they were offended at the idea. But let's examine this Uber driver. Like, hey, you're driving an Uber. You're not splitting the atom. Either you want to get as much money as you can during the time you're driving the Uber, or you need a certain amount of money, and as soon as you get it, you can stop driving the Uber. So any way you look at it, the the, the woman should have been interested in how to get more tips. Okay. Something you may not know about me. But on the weekends, I drive for Lyft. So not Uber, but I do drive for Lyft. And I'll well, tell you Uber's what. for Republicans, Lyft is for <laughs> Democrats. Now everybody knows where you stand. <laughs> if only that were true, right? No, it is. Okay, we'll talk about that another time. But my idea is that in defense of the Uber driver, because I can share an empathy, right? Don't And to get back to our generational differences here, the millennial or the Gen Z as I am, we want not, right? In the sense where it's like, maybe for that Uber driver, he has other concerns in his life as opposed what? to making money. <laughs> Is this revolutionary for you? Oh, yes, it's revolutionary for me. Because when you're at work, you're either trying to do a good job or make as much money. It's Generation WTF. That's what they should call you. You're in the car. Why don't you want to make as much money as possible? Fair enough. I get that. But maybe for that person, it... If they're also driving around to Gen Z, because I'm in a lift, so let's say all the Democrats are Gen Zs and millennials, you know, and all you boomers are Republicans, um, <laughs> for the purpose of dramatization. But all the same, they get in the car with their Gen Z passenger, and neither of them want to have a conversation because, admittedly, as we become more individuals, we prefer less social contact. And so then in turn, the Gen Z appreciates that the Uber driver was just doing his own thing. Just get me from point A no. to point B. I don't want you to schmooze me as you're driving me. Just get me to the bars in downtown Stillwater or whatever. They don't want what you want. Okay, first of all, you don't know what the answer is yet. You're only assuming. Fair enough. Second of all, here's what your generation should do. Instead of talking to me, just work me over with nunchucks. It's going to be less painful. <laughs> because right? whenever I hear the answer, it's more painful than what I thought it was going to be. So the answer is what research shows, and since you drive Lyft, this is going to translate to dollars to you, is you show concern for the comfort of the passenger. Okay. So you ask, can I move the seat up in front of you? Is the temperature okay? Would you like some music? How are you today? Questions expressing a concern for the passenger's comfort and well-being cause tips to go up a significant percentage. Before I refute, I will concede. Refute! Refute away! It's research! <laughs> you can't just sit in. There's a damn 
people again. You can't sit in your chair with two seconds of thought and suggest that research is wrong. Well, guess what? We do a podcast. That means I did my research, right? Uh-oh. Uh-oh, that's right. So my theory here, if you'll indulge me, is that we as Gen Z have seen this facade that was otherwise put on because whenever I do hop into an Uber after a Saturday night and the guy starts saying, how's this? How's this? How's this? It's like, buddy, after a while, it's cool. Like, all I want to do is get from point A to point B. And I suppose, and I wonder, I tell the story real quick, but I was working in retail and there was this girl and she was, she was good at her job. She was like 17 or 16 at the time. And she would... Anytime someone came in, she'd go, nice shoes or, you know, nice necklace. And I thought, gosh, everyone must see right through that. And I was like, I'm not going to do that because it's like obvious what what they're doing. But research, because you love research, does suggest that no compliment at all is worse than a compliment that is already perceived as she's probably just BSing me because she wants a sale. But in the mind, that goes further than no compliment at all. So I will concede that. But I do think there's a point where people go way too far. Can I move the seat up? Is the climate okay back there? How about a little bit of cold play? It's like, no. Just get me where I need to be and be more genuine for me. Two things. Two things. One is whenever I suggest you try to do something for someone else, your generation screams disingenuous. Suppose when I was 17, I'm frying fish when I'm in high school. Suppose I genuinely wanted people to have nice fish So I tried to fry it properly. Fake! Just cook it how you want, man. You don't have to cook the fish the way they want it. Like, maybe we were genuine in wanting other people, you know, to be comfortable and to want to be snappy at the cash register. And, of course, the the second one... Oh, and here's the second thing. And the second thing is, and this is actually a problem I find with, with all generations, not just yours, but I basically... Uh, teach to professional people programs in influence and which involves a certain amount of connecting, yeah, which w- may w- involve w- ingratiating. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me not talk over the plug. <laughs> www.andrewyurick.com. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and what um, what I find is there's people say just what you did. I suggest why don't you pay attention to other people, make sure they're comfortable. Well, I'm going to get carried away. They're going to see right through it. I'm going I'm to go overboard. Why do we go from this Uber driver, why did we go from nothing, you're doing nothing for me, to I'm afraid to do something because I might go overboard? Like you can just say, how's the temperature? Having a good day? You have enough leg room. You don't have to, like, is your shirt comfortable? Should I humidify the air? Like, you don't have to go carry it away. But but there is this resistance to go to starting a couple of things because you imagine you're going to go overboard. Fair enough. I suppose that we don't want to, you know, change up our ideas here and say it's either one extreme or the other. I suppose there is a happy middle ground. I'll concede that to you. And while I think maybe instead of coming from the right field to get into the middle, maybe us Gen Z millennials are coming from the left field to arrive at a similar point of we do want to care about people, but perhaps we don't want to just overload at first. We want to get people on our side, which brings me to my point of maybe establishing trust or relationship and be like, hey, man, how are you guys doing? Like, oh, was that bar fun? And be like, oh, yeah, cool. And then getting to the point of are you comfortable instead of, hi, welcome to the Uber. Are you comfortable? Can I get you anything? And it just seems like a warm-up to the genuineness, and that feels more comfortable, that language of, hey, how was your night? hit that bar oh i love that bar you know trying to relate to people and then getting into that maybe you just agree with that statement 
Well, I, I, I feel like you are rationalizing the need to be genuine right. when I am suggesting in the old days it we were genuine. It wasn't disingenuous. Like, we wanted you to have a good experience. We cared whether you were comfortable. We're probably getting towards the end of this one. Let me, um, let me ask you this. Have iPhones made y'all people <laughs> incurious? Because when I tell that story to an old person, every single old person wants to know what the Uber driver could do. But most, but young people, yeah, I don't care. You know, whatever, I don't know. But I mean, it's like there's a curiosity to how the world works, which for whatever reason just doesn't, the curiosity has diminished. I will say this in the interest of partiality. I understand where a lot of generations come from. This is one thing I don't understand is when people of your age or beyond claim that the iPhone is the destructor yeah, of the society. Enough. However, I will say that we live, a lot of people say we live in the technology age, you know, or we're just coming out of it. But really, I refute that and say we're coming out of the information age where it seems contrary, where it's like if we're in the information age, then we'd want to know the information that, yes, you should wear navy and khaki or you should wear or you should um, be nice to people in an Uber and, you know, ask them for their comforts. Um, however, I think through the information age, we've also seen people succeed with maybe outdoing these things. Or when people do succeed, they don't attribute to, oh, yeah, I researched the psychology of people. I just worked hard or I had someone put me on and that's like people see success or, you know, maybe in your case, generating more revenue in their Uber through a different means of, you know, doing things. And it's just like, oh, I'll luck into it. Or if it's meant for me, it's not. Instead of how can I understand how people work? And that's kind of like why I started this podcast is I'm curious how people work and how society works. So for me as a Gen Z, I can, you know, say that I'm one example, but on the whole, I could see how, you know, some people, they just think, oh, I'm just going to do whatever because they have access to, you know, so many examples of people not doing it or doing it. Here's my answer to your information question, right? You, you started with information, right? Okay, so it, it I would call it the uh, the naked lady theory, okay? Right? When, when, if I was young and you wanted to see a naked lady, th this this could take weeks. <laughs> you got to find someone old enough to go to the store and buy a Playboy, right? Now, click, bam, naked lady, right? right? You see so many naked ladies, you're probably thinking to yourself, man, she'd look hot with a sweater on, you know, <laughs> because. It's everywhere. So when it's everywhere, it's not valued. So my True. idea is since information is everywhere, your generation doesn't value it. For my generation, if we wanted information, we would have to go to a library, which were these buildings they used to have that had books and information in them. You'd have to go to the library, look around through those books. It could take you like an hour to find out one little fact about something and when you had to spend an hour finding a fact you valued, you valued the fact you remembered the facts Certainly. and you treated facts with respect but when millions of facts and opinions are at your fingertips through no fault of your own and that's the next podcast it's not anybody's fault we're just living on the planet that maybe information isn't valued anymore Okay, so so I can twist your words here to end it off. You uh -oh. said that it takes an hour to get one fact, and now my generation, we can get a thousand facts in an hour. So we know more, we just maybe don't appreciate it. So we know more than your generation, you just maybe value it a little bit more than we do. I'm going to let you have the last word. <laughs> when you name this thing, though, you're going to want to name it Young Andy and Old Andy. I'm asking you, would you name it Young Andy and Regular Andy? 
that's what it needs to be done. <laughs> we'll see it. We'll uh, find it on Spotify. And hey, listen, if you like listening um, to this podcast, you might enjoy the Layers podcast, which is a brand new one that I do with Jeremichael Deason. And what we do is we bring student athletes on from OSU's campus and ideally beyond. Um, so far, we've published an episode with Calvin Bundage, um, and then to come is Dylan Stoner and Landon Wolf. And we sit down and we talk to those guys and try and get an understanding of who they are, not just how practice went. You know, what are they watching on Netflix? What video games were they playing when they were 13, 14? Were they yelling at people in Call of Duty? So make sure you check that out, Layers Podcast, and follow it on Instagram at Layers underscore podcast. But for now, we're done on the Just Ideas Podcast, and we'll see you next time.